This is a Locker Room Production. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Locker Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Hey, I guess uh, not a bad time to get your first win against the Boston Bruins of the season, but of course it goes to overtime, so the Bruins get a point and remain, what, three points ahead of the Flyers in the standings uh, for that final playoff spot in the East Division. Kind of a boring game, poorly officiated game. Flyers did not seem to do a whole lot through the first two periods, but they showed a little something, uh, getting it tied up. Couturier cashes in on that power play. The power play had just been ugh up until that point. And uh, hey, it's always fun when Brad Marchand is uh, pissed off at the end of a Flyers-Bruins game. So a game that I didn't have that much emotion about, honestly, seeing uh, seeing Patrice Bergeron fall on his ass after take, making a very odd decision to rip that shot uh, from where he was, high in the zone. Sandheim blocks it. Uh, Bergeron falls down going backwards. Sandheim has a breakaway and scores. Marshan getting a, into a wrestling match with, I think it was Nolan Patrick on the other end, and he was not happy about that. It's always great when Brad Marshan's ugly ass is upset. So at least we had that going for us in this one. Um, we've said it like a million times this season. This could be a turning point for the Flyers. It truly could. This is their first win against Boston this year. Like I said, they had to come from behind to do it. They do it in overtime. You know, there's a, there's a disagreement at the end of the game. That's a little something. Um, but as we've seen with this team, momentum doesn't seem to exist. Uh, the turning point, I mean, this could be their eighth turning point in the last, like, 35 days, you know. It, uh, you can only wait along. You can only wait around so long for momentum to change and this team to really uh, start stepping up. But historically, uh, at this point in the season is when you know Jeru's Flyers do it. So of course, once we've all given it up, and uh, once we all have given up, and I start planning my vacation, uh, being a few weeks early. This team will probably make a playoff push here. But uh, I want to know what you guys think. Is this? Kind of just, okay, nice little win. You think it's going to start something. Uh, so I want to get to the speaker requests. If anybody has one, we will uh, we will read the comments until then. Let me start at the top here. Um, Thomas, Dickinson, uh, Thomas Dixon says, can't be happy. We gave them a point. Yeah, it really, it's, it's good to get the win, and it's nice to establish something against Boston, especially on the front, of, front end of back-to-backs. But... You win this one in regulation, and tomorrow is for a tie for fourth place. You know they they have the games in hand, but you you can at least get them in the point total. Um, and now, regardless of the outcome of tomorrow's game, Boston will remain in fourth, and the Flyers will uh, remain in fifth. Uh, Hunter Moyer, I was going to say our power play let us down again until Coots scored. It's good to see the power play come through. The the special teams has been. Maybe the biggest area of concern for me this year because, I mean, the goaltending because of the long-term ramifications of what if Carter Hart isn't what we thought he was, but I haven't seen anything to make me believe that. I just think he's a young goalie having a really hard time this year. Um, 
like the defense we knew was a weakness. I don't think we thought it was this bad, but we definitely knew it was the weak point of the team. Uh, some young guys regressing kind of hurts, but to me, the biggest disappointment of the year has been the special teams. This this team is supposed to score goals, and it's got a, a group of guys who have made a career out of scoring on the power play, and they just haven't to this point. And, of course, the penalty kill, we know how dreadful that has been. So it's good to see uh, It's good to see the power play at least come through a little bit here, even though they could have made this a much easier game had they come through before the Couturier goal. Uh, Jeff Wolber, we played well. Voracek and TK finally showed up tonight. Yeah, it's good to see, uh, especially I think TK, I saw him win some races to pucks, uh, not be hesitant when uh, there were a few times the puck was in the corner on the offensive end behind the net. And it could have been a 50-50 puck, but he just used his speed and skated through it and took it with him. It's good to see him being aggressive. Uh, we, we saw him get a little bit of physical in some games leading up to this, I think this could at least be the beginning of a turning point for Konechny, who was also shooting tonight. I think he had five or six shots on goal. Um, They need him to shoot the puck, I think. If not for the team, I think we can look for individual turning points for certain players who've had disappointing seasons, and TK's right at the top of that list. Uh, Zach Boyle, what the hell was Marshand... Uh, bitching about at the end there. Wait, no one cares, you rat fuck. Yeah, like it seemed like he was upset that Nolan Patrick must have drug him down or was holding his stick or something. But you see him take his stick into cross-check position and run straight into Patrick. Like, what was he supposed to do? Just get hit in the face with the stick? Like, of course he took you down, you dumb bastard. What was he supposed to do? I, uh, You know, it's just... Between him uh, missing the puck on that uh, on that shootout last year and the Bergeron falling down, it's at least been, uh, while it's a team they could have had a little more success against, especially this year, uh, at least we have our entertaining moments with uh, Brad Marchand. Uh, my Twitter was way ahead of the game, and I still didn't believe we'd win with that line match. I mean, you know, it's uh, I, that was just such an odd decision. For Bergeron, like the falling down, people fall down. Shit happens. It's funny when it happens in a one-on-one and even funnier in overtime. Um, and when it's like the best defensive forward in hockey, uh, Brad Marchand, supposedly. That's actually, you know, Sean Couturier. But uh, Marsh- uh, Bergeron has the uh, has all the hardware. Um, it, it's just funny when it happens. But I thought, like... I don't know. It didn't seem like that shot had much of a chance of getting through. And if it did, not much of a chance of being dangerous. I thought it was a very odd decision there. And it leads to the goal against. Uh, Johnny Dyer was subjected to the Boston feed. But watching NAK toss Marshan on his ass after he threw a little cross check was chef's kiss. I think it was uh, I think it was Nolan Patrick, but I could be wrong. Uh, Doug Johnson, two good games in a row as a start. Come on, happy tonight. I mean... Was the last game really good? Uh, it was a game. It was fine. <laughs> they didn't get blown out, so that's nice. Uh, get, letting it get to overtime and giving them the point. Yes, this could be a turning point. Absolutely could be. But I've said that, you know, every win they've had since the beginning of March. And it hasn't turned out that way. Maybe they come out tomorrow, they really play well, that would be awesome. Then I'll start to say, okay, maybe this team has found something. But to me, this is a a game against another team that's struggling that you happen to win, luckily. Like, 
it took a third period comeback and then Patrice Bergeron falling down in overtime to win it. I'm not going to be too excited about this after a month of some of the worst hockey I've ever seen any team play. Uh, Nikki Hall, I'm actually curious if the next few games go well, if there's going to be uh, if there's going to be a big deal before the deadline or if it's just something small that isn't going to affect our future. I don't think we're in big deal territory. I don't think there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be many big deals throughout the league. I think we could see maybe somewhat bigger than like last year's, you know, non stories of Thompson and Grant, but uh, I don't think it's going to be anything big until the off season, until they really get this um, uh, expansion draft done with. And I just think, they need to do exit interviews. They need to do a lot of things, uh, talking with some players, the guys you know, figure out who you want to be here long-term, figure out who has to go to change this culture. Um, I, I think this is more than they need a few more good players kind of an issue. And I wouldn't want to make any moves prematurely, uh, before they can really wrap their hands around this thing. And listen, I've been all for, like, please make a move, do something. And I think they will do something. But I I just, watching what this team did for the last month, I don't know how you can feel good about what's here. And I don't know if there's enough time between, you know, the middle of last, uh, the middle of March and the trade deadline and, well, a week and a half or so. Not even, I think it's a week, right? Is it the 12th? So that would be seven days from today, I think. Um, I just don't think uh, – I don't see a big move in the works now. Do we have any speaker requests? We do. We have one. All right. Hunter Moyer, you are live. What's going on, Hunter? Yo, what's up, Bill? How's it going tonight? Um, not bad. It made me one, so I can't really complain. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one, one issue we have on the power play is we just – I think it's the standing still. Uh, we, we don't move around a lot. And, I mean, the only really person that are work standing still is Ovechkin. He is such a powerful shot, and it's why it goes in half the time on the power play. But I just don't like the fact that we stand around and it's to the point behind the net. It's, it's fucking boring, man. Um, it is. And, like, the, the other thing is they don't, like, I guess you could – you could make up for the stationary play uh, if you move the puck quickly, but they're so deliberate with the puck. Like there was, there was one turn on the power play tonight. I saw literally two quick passes and I went, Whoa, I think it was cross ice to Voracek and then Voracek back to Gostas bear. And I went, Oh shit. Wow. They're really moving it. And it was like just two nice touch passes. That was it. Yeah. Like, they, they do it so deliberately and like everyone stands still. It's not really a shock that it's e- pretty easy to defend. When, like, you have more guys than them, but you don't take advantage of it because you don't get them out of position. You don't do anything to make them have to look around and say, hey, where'd anybody go? Like, it's just five on four, but the four really don't have to move that much because the five never move. Yeah, and that, that's that's kind of why, you know, the, the east to west passes for us don't – they don't work. I mean, they're, they're never having to move on defense. Um, I mean, that's it for the power play. Um, but I think another thing we have to focus on too is, I mean – I don't think it was as big as a concern tonight, but I'm um, just exiting our zone, just crisp passing. I don't know if that's chemistry. Um, it's so hard to take away negatives after a team that just shit the bed last month. Um, and they're like, they didn't play bad today, but um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, 
this team's fucking annoying. It, it is, and uh, thanks a lot, Hunter. Uh, I, I will say, like the the end of this game really saved them from like an out and out. Wow, they're not trying because like watch the first half of this game again, the first two periods of this game again, like. They didn't have enough energy. I'm seeing Kevin Hayes with little touch backhand passes on the offensive blue line right to Bruins. Like, how many icings did they have in the first 40 minutes? Like 10, 11? Like Provorov with no one really near him uh, just needs another stride to get the the center ice line. And he's like, now I'll dump it from here and hope they just give me the benefit of the doubt. And no, of course they didn't. They call an icing. Like, I really, the way they ended this game really saved them from a lot of questions about their effort and commitment uh, to playing this thing out and actually making a playoff run. I'll say that. Uh, Nikki Hall. Nikki, you are live. All right. Hey, Bill. How are you? How's it going tonight? Doing all right. Doing all right. Back hurts, but it's all right. Um, solid win tonight. Not going to lie. I'm, I honestly hoped that we were going to get in regulation, but you know what? Two points is two points. And, you know, we obviously have tomorrow. Um, yeah, I got to say, uh, honestly, I honestly couldn't believe that Sanheim would not only block a shot that could, <laughs> probably would have ended up in the back of the net, but block a shot, skate all the way down to the end, other end of the ice, and score the game winner. Okay, granted, Marshan falling probably did help that, but like... That's after uh, after he got denied on the earlier chance, I think on the setup from Voracek. Yeah, I was yeah. like, there's no way he goes 0 for 2 here. No, I know. I, I knew that they when they were buzzing earlier in the OT, I was like, oh my gosh, I know... I, and, and something told me, I was like, there's going to be a defenseman that scores the game winner if we do end up winning this, and I'm just like... I'm like, and I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I was just like, all right, I'm going to see, I'm going to say Sandheim scores the winner, the, the game winner. And sure enough, <laughs> he blocks the shot, does, goes, goes a, does a 180 down the other end, scores the game winner, uh, and gets some entertainment out of Marshan. Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, yeah, it's the one thing I will say is that, yeah, the, the what I believe uh, the last speaker said, um, yeah, the one thing I definitely want to make sure is that, you know, we're more crisp coming out of our own zone because, like, I know it. it's happened in times past where, like, you know, we've made a bad play or two and it's ended up in the back of our net or it's ended up with, you know, we're penalized in some way, shape or form, like, um, you know. Obviously, officiating, I wasn't a real big fan of. Like, how many tripping calls did they get away with? And the minute we pull it, it's like, oh, penalty. And that's like, I never, whenever I complain about the officiating, it's usually just like an overall, the refs just suck. And they do. Throughout the league, every game, every night, the refs are terrible. But there were just some real blatant misses tonight. Like, they blow the whistle right away for, was it Sanheim behind the net? Like, they know it's bad. They know it's bad. And it's like and it was with the first... away and then go, nah, never mind, no penalty. No, it was like even with what was it? It was Voracek that got tripped up, and that what led to the first Boston goal. It's like that right there was not called. Yeah, so that, that one was, was tough too. Yeah. So that was okay, but what Sandheim did wasn't like okay, yeah, that wasn't. But you, you understand my point here? It's, yeah. No, I, it's, I, it's the it's, officiating it's, is so bad and inconsistent. It's it's a joke. It's it's ridiculous. Like, but hey, two points is two points, and honestly. 
I'm going to, and you know, honestly, just a couple more things. Um, firstly, I am low key curious on what, uh, what their plans are in terms of like, cause the deadline is the 12th of this month, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That so I'm sounds curious right. Because, um, who was it? Eckholm or Eck, how do you say his name? Eckholm from, um, from yeah. Nashville. Yeah. He, from ended Nashville, up getting, yeah. he ended up getting pulled off of the trading block because, you know, Nashville was all of a sudden winning. So it kind of makes me curious. They're like, are they going to go after a defenseman? Are they really going to go after a goalie? Because, like, I mean, Hart and Moose haven't been, well, I mean, it's only a couple games, granted, but, like, I still That's feel a, like... A goalie is an interest just because it's so much, obviously, for just this year. Right. And I just don't see how a just-this-year move benefits them. Like, right, right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I would have been all for it. Like, do whatever you can to load up for this run because they, they're good enough. But, like, watching them over the last month, they're not. And surrendering a ton of assets for this year moves is foolish mm. to me. If they can do something that affects the future, sure, let's do it. All for it. But, like, a goalie, I don't see how that helps. I mean, honestly, with the whole deadline last year with when we ended up acquiring both Thompson and Grant, I was kind of, I mean, I was, fan, I was a fan of the move at the time, but then I kind of started thinking about it over time. I was just like, what the hell are we doing? Like, okay, Pitlick at the time was also another one that was solid, but, like, I don't know. It, it, it interests me on what direction they're going to go from here, whether they like they win the next three games, they win, they lose tomorrow, win the next two games, whatever direction we go. It makes me curious as to like what what they're going to do in terms of like, like you said, with like rental players, like who would they who who are they going to pursue? That's uh, and thanks a lot, Nikki. Uh, yeah, I just think it's such a weird year. Um, all around, like there aren't going to be many huge moves. I don't think like Taylor Hall, it doesn't look like he's going to get moved, you know, and who couldn't, I, I realize the season he's having, but if Buffalo were to cover some salary, why wouldn't the team want to bring in a, a Taylor Hall for a playoff run just to have as an extra piece. But I, I just, man, I would love for the Flyers to do something. I would love for something big to happen. Like, listen, I'm a content creator in the Flyers space. If they do something good or bad, it's good for me, you know. Uh, but uh, like, just as an observer of what's going on around the league and with this team, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to sell out for this season just because you do have a lot of moving pieces this off season, and I think like you have to make moves with the future in mind. If we have to shake some things up and we have to keep some things the same, uh, but I just think it's it's too big of a project. I guess you can get started here before the deadline, but it seems like an off-season project. All right, let's get to a few more here. Uh, Jason Novak. Jason, you are live in the post game. Hey, Bill. Um, <clears throat> something about this feels really familiar, and it's kind of weirding me out. So if you look at all of the last few seasons with the Flyers, they've definitely been a second-half team. Oh, yeah. So, like... Uh, beginning of February through March or whatever, they always go on this hot tear. If you take that and you look at the condensed season, we're now a week away from the deadline, which if you expand that out to a full season, is kind of like saying the beginning of February. They've now gone three, one, and one in their last five. I bet you they go on a tear. We still have over a month of hockey left. They're making the playoffs. 
That, it's so what, the, the fact I want to. I'll, I'll get to the rest. I just they've gone three one and one in their last five, and it that does not feel like the truth. I know, no, I, I know. A couple of years now, like, yeah, like the facts of the case are, it's just insane, like how poorly they've been playing, and we've all just kind of fallen into that default mode. And actually, they've come away with some wins lately. Yeah, that's just this is that time of year. This is what they like. Maybe it plays into they don't have the motivation until their backs are actually against the wall. A week before trade deadline, oh fuck, we're not going to make the playoffs. Now they're going to go on a run. People hate moving, man. As soon as you start hearing, like, oh, you might have to move, all of a sudden they fucking start playing hard. Yeah. It's, it's just, this start, it's starting to feel way too familiar. Like, it's, and it's going to ruin any chance of if we do want to blow it up and start over or whatever, they'll go on a run. And it's like, oh, okay, well, let's see what another year gets, this kind of thing. And it'll just keep delaying kind of what we need, I think, for the future. Yeah, I just uh like I have I don't have a ton of confidence in Fletcher as the GM, but I will say just like you can't just judge this team on they went on a run at the end. Like you really have to look at the sum of this thing going back to last season's playoffs and just looking at the way they played a lot of the month of March and you know maybe COVID did come into it. Maybe some guys did really struggle. Uh maybe this season is a real mental grind for a lot of guys, but this team just looked disinterested for lots of the last month. And that, I think that has to be taken, taken equally with any sort of results we see the rest of the way. Uh, Thanks a lot, Jason. Let's get to Zach Boyle. Zach, you are live on the post game show. Hey Bill, how you doing? How are you tonight? Good, good. Um, just have a quick question about the power play. What do you think is the reasoning why they won't give anyone else a chance to quarterback the power play and they just keep throwing Provorov out there, even though it's pretty obvious he he is not a good quarterback? Like, do you think the risk outweigh the rewards in putting like Phil Myers out there to give it a different look? I mean, I have a zero percent interest in doing it with Phil Myers because that dude doesn't know where the net is. I, I could. He, he's maybe one of the worst offensive players I've ever seen, honestly. Uh, that said, I, I do. We've talked a lot on BSH about how um, coaches look at coaches look at power play time as a reward for what you do at even strength. Because power play is where you put up the points, you get the sexy numbers, and it looks like you had a better season. Even if you didn't, you put up some points in the power play. It looked like you scored a little that year. So, and. You know, Provorov is counted on to do more than basically anybody but Couturier at five on five in terms of playing time, even more than Couturier. So I think they like to just give him that role. Now that he's got like the long-term contract and everything though, like what's the difference? He's already getting paid the way he's getting paid. It's not like you want him to boost his numbers. It doesn't, I don't know. I, I don't get why they don't do it other than the idea. It's just a reward for what we ask you to do at five on five. Like, I would love for Sanheim to get more of a shot at it. Uh, if ghost or Gustafson, whoever, like whichever one is in the lineup, it doesn't make sense not to have them out there because what the hell else are they doing? If they're not on the power play, uh, I just, I, I wish they'd move Provorov off of it, but, I don't know. It just they seem married to it. Yeah, I mean, one other thing would just be, yeah. I mean, this is totally like something you would do in NHL, not actual real life, but just throw a fifth forward out there, like to hell with it. Like your best offensive players, go out there and get it done. Uh, they tried that 
did they try that under Hackstall or Gordon? I remember at one point they had. Yeah, yeah I, I know at one point they had the five forwards, but it was kind of like a lost cause situation. Let's kind of see what happens. I, I was thinking tonight in the three on three, and I know this is a flyer show, not a Boston show, but man, if I had a line like Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand, I'd say fuck it and put the three of them out there together. Now we see what happens when Bergeron's out there to play defense, but you had a defenseman out there anyway, and that happens. So, like, I, if I had a line like that, man, damn, I would absolutely put out like three forwards in the three on three at least. Yeah, I mean, if you're like over three in a game on the power play, and you get another one at the end of the game, like, is it really going to make that big of a difference? You know, to throw a fifth forward out there just to say fuck it and see where we go. Yeah, especially like in a trailing situation. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a couple like a week ago or so, the Flyers had they're down two goals and they have two defensemen out there on the power play. It's like, well, why? Like, who cares if we give up an odd man rush? Like, you're down two goals. You need to score. Yeah, especially now that we know that G can play can play D man. Um, that was that was actually that was an underrated uh, that breaking up that two on one was a hell of a play by G at the end there. Yeah, that was awesome. But thanks, Bill. All right, thanks a lot, Zach. And looks like Hunter, Hunter, you are back on. What's going on? Yeah, Hunter? what's up? Uh, just uh, two more things. Um, the one thing is, is with the power play, I think a, a reason why it may not be working or something that they could try. I, I know we're not a fast team, but I'm really not a fan of passing it back and then having to skate into the zone as everyone's standing on the fucking blue line. That's why half the time our our fucking pucks are cleared is because. They're beating us to the fucking puck because we're just standing there and we have to gain momentum. Yeah, nobody else. Like, I guess the guy who accepts the slingshot pass maybe has time to build up some speed, but usually, like, it's not on the money and he's got to change directions to go get it. And then he hits the blue line with some momentum, but everyone else is standing completely still. Like, it 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 doesn't seem to provide much, if any, of a of a like numbers advantage or anything when they're trying to gain the zone. It's it's one of the more frustrating aspects of having watched them for you know, however many years now they've been running this, uh, and it's it's losing its effectiveness by the season. Yeah, I think I, like back to the slingshot, I mean, it might work sometimes, but it's not going to work against a team like the Islanders when they fucking interfere with you every time you enter the zone. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe come at it with a little more speed. Uh, that's I, I don't know what else to do on the power play. Um, the other thing is too is I think sometimes uh, that prevents us from having crisp passes uh, coming out of our zone is sometimes when the goalies come out they kind of I, I don't know they just fucking throw the puck in weird places and then it's uh, to our D and then our D kind of like are like oh I don't know what the fuck to do with the puck and then they just throw it around and it's turnover after turnover. I I just don't know how to feel about this team this year, man. I honestly. We don't deserve to go to the fucking playoffs. Um, just, and that's just knock it off at just knock it off at the top three spots. No one else belongs. <laughs> and I still have. Uh, I, listen, they very well could go on a run here, but like, man, watching the way they played—not even that they lost, the way they played the month of March—I have a lot of trouble believing that they're gonna like be able to go on a run, but. Shit, man, we've seen some bad Flyers teams do it. It's what they do. Every other year they make the playoffs, except last year they made it. So I, I don't know. Uh, two years in a row, tough ask for this team. Remember when they never used to miss? Like they would never, ever miss the playoffs like most of my childhood up until like trying to – how old was I? 
guess junior year of high school was the first time they missed. Like since the early nineties. Yeah. Like that was insane. Uh, but now it's, they're going to do it just to annoy us. And I'll be happy when they're in and they're in the playoffs and I'm watching playoff hockey, but it is going to be crazy annoying up until that part. All right, let's get a couple more here before we wrap it up. Warren Brody, Warren, you are on the post game show. Hey Bill. Uh, yeah, this is typical Flyers. You know, they suck you in. I I hope they come and play tomorrow night because I'll be ticked off if they tank like they've been doing every other game. But, you know, that was ama- – I'm pretty amazed at that last play when you consider that Nolan Patrick actually took down Marshawn and Bergeron tripped and fell, and then Sandheim scores on a breakaway. I mean – that's like a made-for-TV movie. That that last, that last play. It was. It's. It's one of the more entertaining ways they've uh, they've wrapped up a game this season. It's always nice when Marshand is pissed off at the end. So that's cool. Love that's- to see that. Uh, Bergeron going down was like a guy's fall. Like I said, shit happens. But the fact that it's Patrice Bergeron, like the guy who wins the Selkie every year. <laughs> Falls down taking a defensive stance. Like, it's pretty funny. I thought you got to give Elliott a lot of credit. I thought he really came up big tonight. Uh, you know, it was a tough game. The Flyers are very are very disjointed team. I don't even know how to explain, you know, where they're at in their development. It's just really frustrating to watch. You know, they're just so inconsistent, shift to shift. Uh, you know, I, I hope they have a good week. I hope. Uh, you know, we get to see the best side of them over the next uh, month. I hope so, too. And thanks a lot, Warren. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, I, I've said a bunch of times, maybe this can be a turning point, but I've said that every win for the last month that I have. It will be more frustrating. Like, if we just had to go through this, uh, this game, it's one game, it's a Monday night. It's not, like, the worst thing in the world to have to watch some cool overtime hockey. But, like... Just build on it, please. Like all the elements are here for you to have like something to build on. It's the team that you haven't beaten all season. Travis Konechny scored a goal for the first time in like a year and a half. It feels like like you have all like Marshan chirping at the end, all pissed off. The fortuitous uh, Bergeron falling down. Like all these things happened. Now turn it into something. Like, don't just let this be another game that you won followed by another game that you lost. Come out tomorrow and actually, like, I don't know, play a full frucking hockey game. Like, look like a real professional NHL team that deserves a playoff run. You know, the, these things, they can't be that hard. Other teams do it all the time, win multiple games in a row, not make fools of themselves. Just come out and do that. All right, uh, Nikki Hall. Nikki, you are back. All right. Look, I'm going to be honest. This is, and I'm fairly certain that you're going to probably know what I'm talking about, but this is that time of year where this team can get real streaky. Like, well, I, we're, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we're not going to hit a bump at some point or another, but we, the, the, it's this point in the year that we start winning games we hit a bump along the way, and then, like, it's the end of the season. We qualify for postseason. You know, honestly, as infuriating as this team has been, I honestly wouldn't mind postseason hockey with this club. Like, 
even if we don't make it past second round or even first, you know, although I have to ask if, all right, if you could trade for us, if you could trade a player that's on the list for the trade block right now, that would possibly bolster the power player, help us in some way, shape or form, who would you go after and who would you give up and why? I'd still I'd still just love to see a defenseman brought in because I don't think you can make a playoff run without a number one defenseman, which I'm not sure if Ivan Provorov is, and you definitely can't do it without a top pair, which right. they just do not have. Uh, I loved the Ryan Ellis rumors uh, okay. a couple of weeks ago. Like, that would just be absolutely awesome. Like, mm-hmm. something like Mark Stahl just isn't exciting, but I can mm-hmm. see, like, what they do being, like, a Mark Stahl-level move, which – would be a real bummer, but yeah, bring me a top pair defenseman. That is what they need. I am not all that attached to really anyone on the current roster. I mean, I love mm-hmm. Giroux, Couturier. You can't win without a 1C. Right, Carter right. Hart, long-term, you need him. I mean, other than that, have your pick. Like, right, obviously, right. Like, Provorov, we're bringing in someone to pair with him, so mm-hmm. I don't think, like, you would get rid of him. But other than that, man, like, who are you really attached to? Joel Farabee, just because he looks like he could be a, ne- a great scorer. Um, that's I-, I have a very short list of untouchables. I mean, if I'm being honest, and it's and I'm glad that you actually brought Farabee up, but it's like, you know, when he first started on this team, I honestly had my doubts about him. I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's... He's not, you know, at, at first he wasn't making the plays. He, was, he wasn't really digging down, trying to make the sacrifice play or, you know, trying to really get in there and get and start winning board battles and all that. But then, like, over time he grew on me, and I was just like, like he's legit, you know, the real deal. So, no, absolutely. He reminds me a lot of – um. And, like, I think Simone Gagne was a little flashier when he first oh, came man. up. But he reminds me a lot of Simone Gagne just in that. I think he's a very underrated two-way player. Um, right, right. And, I mean, Gagne was a great penalty killer, played at mm-hmm. the end of games all the time, uh, and has that sniper mentality. Like, he's out there mm-hmm. shooting. He's there to put the puck in the net. So, uh, yeah, I, I love Faraby. Really, uh, really enjoy what I'm seeing out of him this year in a year that has been so frustrating. Oh, one of the bright spots. Yeah. Honestly, it's and it, I honestly miss Gagne, but he now that you mention it, he does remind me a lot of Gagne. I think he's a little more flashier with the puck, if that makes sense. Yeah, he's I mean, guys come in at a younger age just able to do more shit now. Like when Gagne came in, if he's trying like to go through his legs or something, he would get punched in the face, if not by an opponent, then by Chris Tarian. Like so I, I just think there's more freedom, uh, but I think they have uh, I think they have some similarities just in their goal scoring two way ability. The fact that the coach already trusts him out there on the penalty kill and things like that I think says a lot about his ceiling. Right, right. So you know I'm I'm really like I said I'm really interested in seeing what what direction they take in terms of like if they're gonna bolster the offense, if it's going to be the goaltender, if it's going to be, you know, a defenseman. I mean, are we going to find someone who's going to fill the hole that Niskanen left? Probably not, but it's interesting to see and speculate what could be or what could happen, you know? No, it's, it's, I mean, every, everyone loves the, uh, everyone loves the trade deadline because the potential 
is always so much fun. And thanks a lot, Nikki. Like it's always fun to speculate on um, who could be brought in, who could be on their way out. What's it going to take to get this player? Can they get this guy for cheaper? I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I, I prefer it when it's over. And just, I'd like to see what they have and go, okay, let's go from here and see what they could actually be on the ice. But I mean, potential is always better than, uh, than the result, you know, cause you don't know the answer. It could be anything. Shit. They could trade for Connor McDavid. I don't know. That ain't happening. I'm just saying, you know, nothing's impossible. Gretzky got traded. Uh, all right, guys, do we have anyone else? Doesn't look like we have any more speaker requests. I think we are going to wrap it up there. I will be back tomorrow after the game. Uh, just like tonight, right here on Locker Room. So tell your friends to join me here on the Locker Room app. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content delivered to you daily. Uh, that's it for me tonight. But if you're listening uh, on the podcast, I forgot to upload the uh, the game from Saturday, that post game. So. If you're looking at the podcast player being like, hey, how come there's so much time left? Well, I decided to just throw the uh, the pod, the post game from Saturday onto this track. So you get two for the price of one here. Um, enjoy. That's all for me tonight. Until tomorrow. Have a great week, everybody. This is a Locker Room production. Some people have uh, have shown up. Despite the result, thank you all very much. Uh, let's get started. Uh, Zach Boyle, you will be first up, so just hang on. You'll be the first ones to speak. Let me just get the show started. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Locker Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Just another just another game for these Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, it's a My feeling about this one is... Uh, the way I felt about so many, I'd be able to look at some positives and be happy with the way some things, uh, some things played out in this game, be happy with getting a point off of a very good team. If not for the fact that we've had to go through what we went through in the month of March. Now it just looks like another loss for a team that really couldn't afford any more losses. It's great to get a point. That's all well and good. They needed the point, but they really needed to. And the Islanders are a team they've beaten before. They've competed well with the Islanders. They're tight games except for like one or, you know, I think the, just the one blowout. But they need to come out on top of these. They've dug themselves such a hole that there is no, okay, let's look at the positives here. It's just you need two points if you're going to compete, if you're going to look at yourselves like a legitimate playoff team. And they only get the one. Um, I, I really thought they needed this one for Carter Hart to really build on his confidence. He played well. He stops the first three shootout shooters. You really had a chance because of what Carter Hart did for you in net, and you can't come through 0 for 4 in the shootout. Uh, The save on Giroux was sick. Uh, Voracek goes five-hole a lot, and I always say, like, when you go five-hole and it's not there, it looks like you didn't try, but it really seemed like he could have waited him out a little bit there. Um. Yeah, Nolan Patrick, all that. It is what it is with the shootout. They're coin flips, but would like to see somebody cash in. Like, 0 for 4, 
you didn't come through for your netminder, and that's what happened after he made the first three saves. That's it. I, I don't have a lot on this one. It's kind of just more of the same, so let's get to the callers. And Zach Boyle, I promised you that you were the first. Zach, you are live on the post game. How's it going? Hey, Zach? hey Bill, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm uh, pounding some voodoo rangers tonight, so I'm, I'm doing pretty good right now. But um, I, before I get into my, uh, my note, I just have a quick question. Do you think Ilya Sorokin is actually as good as we make him out to be? When we play against them, I think he's decent. I, I think he's a nice goaltender, and obviously, any goaltender playing behind a Barry Trot system is going to benefit. But when you see the shot differential tonight, this team struggles to do a lot. They shouldn't struggle to score, and it's it's disappointing when they only get him for two and they're in come from behind mode. It, it comes down to the uh, it comes down to special teams for me. Power play comes through tonight. It's a, this is a win. This is a regulation win. But once again, special teams let them down. I agree. I mean, what did we go? 0 for 4 tonight on the power I think play? It, I think it was 4. Yeah, I think we were 0 for 4. So, yeah, absolutely terrible. But um, I did want to bring some optimism into this group. Uh, the first time this entire season I've heard a uh, sportscaster say uh, – somehow Carter Hart kept that out of the net. I haven't heard that yeah. since last year. And that just warms my soul because that tells me whatever he did in the reset worked for him. They were trying to pick on him low and high glove side, and he was snagging those things out of the air. So that just that just proves to me that I'm not crazy. Everyone else is crazy. Carter Hart is what he is. Like If this is what we can get out of him, then I'm not crazy. He is what we were told. And I very much feel you on that, and I'm happy that he came back and played the game he played, and that's why I'm so disappointed in this one. They needed to get him this W. Like, for him, for all of us, this was a game, like, he played very well. You know, the goals, they, they have the tap-in on the power play. Uh, you know, Barzell in the, in the shootout, like, of course he goes blocker, and he's 0-3 for 3 on the year in shootouts. Obviously, it was going to go the other way. Uh, but I just really wanted this one for Hart because of the way he played tonight. So did I. So did I. And the last thing I'll say is um, I just like a formal apology from uh, <laughs> Flyers Twitter about uh, blaming all of Flyers' problems on Claude Drew for the last 10 years. You people are stupid and stop blaming him because he bears his heart and soul on his sleeve every single time he goes out there. All right. Thanks a lot, Zach. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's – listen, Claude Drew is a lot of things – but something I will never, uh, something I'll never question about him is is his effort, and it does concern me somewhat that it doesn't seem like his effort gets equaled all the time. He's a lead by example captain, and he sets the example. And for some reason, his teammates don't live up to it. Uh, but I mean, two goals tonight. What can you say about Claude Giroux? Awesome save against him in the shootout. Really would have liked to see him net that one. I mean, he does, and they go home with two points. But I, man, this team has a lot of problems, and I'm not absolving Claude Giroux completely of any of them. But it is crazy to think, oh yeah, that guy, the guy who tries his ass off and you know makes as many clutch plays as anybody else, he's the problem. But they do have issues. I just refuse to blame them on Claude Giroux. All right, let's go to uh, Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you are live on the post game. Yeah, what's up, Bill? How's it going tonight? Well, we got a point, so I guess better. It's um, something. Yeah, it's something. 
I guess my only concern with this game is is I, I don't know. It's not many because they actually played pretty decently, and so did Hart. Um, my only concern is I, I guess special teams, but we just need to learn to hit the net. I just don't know how. I mean, you can look at the shootout, for example, too. I just don't know how you miss. Like, how do you miss that wide? I don't. That's like Nolan Patrick, who's been very good, and it's like one of the like he's very good in the shootout. I didn't see a replay, but it appeared he missed the net by several football fields. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Like I said, I guess that's my only concern. And once again, special teams. But yeah, I don't know how they fix that. I don't know. It, it it's been a problem all year. I remember this was weeks ago, and I think they were second to last in terms of percentage of shot attempts that actually were on goal. And it's been a consistent issue for them. I wish, like, uh, the first part of what you said, I wish we could just be like, yeah, they played well tonight. This was something to build on. But they're out of they're out of the area where they can play well and, okay, we'll, we'll just get – if we play like this, we'll be fine. Like, no, they need to play above that at this point. Yeah, It's we, not we- just they played well – they need like they're gonna miss the playoffs at this pace, and they're gonna miss it by a decent margin. Yeah, we we dug ourselves a hole, and honestly, fuck. I mean, we can worry about Boston all we want, but the fucking Rangers are right there behind us. I don't know if they won tonight. I don't know. Uh, I believe I they lost in a shootout. Okay, still, I think they're still tied with us in points. But yeah, I, Boston keeps helping us, man, and we're just like hurting ourselves. I just wish that was a confidence booster. Like I said, I don't know. I can't really take much away from this game, but. I just think we dug ourselves such a deep hole that it's going to take a lot to get out of. So that's it, Bill, man. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Hunter. And, yeah, that's the thing. They've taken themselves out of the benefit of the doubt territory. When they actually do play a pretty decent game, we can't even give it to them because it's not about that anymore. They can, they need to, if they can get back to what they were doing at the beginning of the season, playing like shit and getting two points, at least they'd be getting two points. But now, even when they pretty much outplay the Islanders who are one of the two top teams in this division, they don't even, we can't even give them that. Oh yeah. You look good. Let's keep doing that because it, they need so much more than, uh, than what they've done. Uh, Chris Janvo and Chris has a Senator's avatar. So this should be an interesting call. What's going on, Chris? How's it going? Uh, very well. How are you? Not too bad. So I just have a, uh, couple of, I guess, questions for you. Um, I guess number one, you guys kind of hit the panic button when you had the near miss against Buffalo and you came back the next night and lost to Buffalo and now it's kind of like Philly's hitting the panic button. But coming up to the trade deadline and the expansion draft, my only question is, being up here in Canada and only getting like Canadian media and Canadian reporters reporting on stuff, what is your opinion on the, the most important players to protect in the expansion draft? And coming to the trade deadline, what do you see Philly possibly doing? Or the, not uh, doing. Thanks a lot for the call, uh, Chris. In terms of uh, what they do at the uh, at the trade deadline, I'm just hoping they add, but they add for not this season. Like, yes, get someone who can help 100%, but it can't be rentals. It can't be things that are just you know, for this season because this season, clearly for a multitude of reasons, they don't have it. I would like to see just some changes made. 
and players brought in with term, uh, players who can help change the culture in this locker room, reverse the trends of um, just kind of change the idea that losing is somewhat acceptable. I, I know no one wants, oh, they learned to lose. Like It's something we heard all the time about the process Sixers. Like, oh, you bring up a bunch of guys in this sort of culture, and they'll just learn to accept losing. And it turns out that's kind of what has happened at least a little bit in the Flyers locker room. But I would like some guys with some experience who've uh, been through the battles before. Like I guess other than, other than Justin Braun, nobody on this team has been to a conference final in like 10 years. You know, it's, it's a lot of guys who have experience of doing nothing, but not, not, a not accomplishing anything. So I would like that changed and some good players brought in as well. But in terms of the panic button, it just, I can't call it panic when it's been going on for so long. Like, yes, the uh, the losses, like a, a loss to Buffalo, falling down to Buffalo, coming back, and then losing to them the next night. Those are things that kind of accelerate how people are feeling. But the season was building to those games where they lost uh, to Buffalo. So I think it just kind of exemplified the problems, uh, not so much as like, oh, they suck because this happened. No, they suck because everything that led up to this and then it resulted in these like a loss to Buffalo and a near loss to Buffalo in terms of who the most important players to, uh, to protect for the expansion draft are Carter Hart is a guy you can never see get away. You get to protect one goalie Carter Hart's your guy. Boom. No, no questions. Claude Giroux, Kevin Hayes, they have no movement clauses. They're not going anywhere. You have to protect them beyond them, man, Joel Farabee. Uh, I don't even know if he's eligible, but there's so few guys I'm going to be heartbroken about losing. Uh, obviously, you don't want to lose any asset for nothing, and a loss of a good player for nothing hurts you. But the makeup of this team is so clearly wrong. I, I It wouldn't kill me to really lose anybody outside of that group. Like, Couturier, Giroux, Farabee, Hart, uh, Provorov, because he's your number one guy, but I don't, you know, I, it's not like I'm in love with Ivan Provorov. I think he's a good player. Outside of those guys... There's no one I'm like, oh, we cannot lose him. Cannot. So if that's your, uh, if that's what you're asking about, the expansion draft, it's not like they have a roster full of guys. Uh, I'm fretting losing. Mike Pellegrino. Mike, you were up. You were live on the postgame show. Bill, can you hear me? Mike, you're live. Hear me? I can hear you now. All yeah, right, you're now up. we're good. Um, two things I wanted to touch on. Why is Nolan Patrick still on the team and not sent down? Because uh, he clearly will pass waivers. Um, we can use anybody else in the lineup besides Nolan Patrick, seeing as that he doesn't even show up on the NHL uh, app for stats because he's minus 20. <laughs> so that's point one. Point two is Jake Voracek is just uh, useless right now. I can't see a guy who's 6'2", 220, skating around there like he's five foot nine. He's got such a big body. He's got to start using it. And I just hate to see it because I remember when he gets mad, you know, years ago in the playoffs, he throws hands, he scores goals, passes, but uh, it just, it doesn't work right now. Yeah. With Jake, like, especially he's already, I mean, at one point, like you're talking about that 2014 Rangers series, I think where he got in that fight. And at that point, he's like their fastest skater. I thought when he, kind of lost some of those wheels and he's clearly, you know, lost a step. He's not what he was six, seven years ago. He would start learning to use his body more. 
And that just doesn't seem to be the case. Definitely not uh, consistently in terms of Nolan Patrick. I can't say he definitely passed through waivers just because he makes nothing. And the potential is there. Like if I'm some bottom of the barrel team with uh, you know, top waiver priority, I would absolutely take a chance on Nolan Patrick. So I get not wanting to lose him. Uh, I think part of the problem is he is one of their 12 best forwards. And that's kind of what's hurting them right now. I, I, I don't, you know, Nolan Patrick, I have no attachment to him if they were to lose him. But I do think if he were to be put on waivers, he'd be claimed. He makes nothing. He's under team control for a certain amount of time. Like, I, I think somebody would take a chance on him. I, I, I kind of see where you're going with that. Um, I just think Nolan's not – his head's not in the game. He's not playing hard. And I, I see his effort. He's just not a hockey player at this point in time, at least for, for the Flyers that I would think. That's but I guess end. with the 12 forwards that we have right now, it's not looking too shabby. Yeah, like I saw a couple of Tanner Lazinski shifts tonight where I was like, ooh, all right, maybe he's something. And I think he's going to be an NHL player eventually. But the fact that I can watch him and go, all right, like that shouldn't be on a team whose you know, really only strength is supposed to be forward depth. Right. Yeah, I agree. Hey, thanks for your time, Bill. Appreciate it. You got it, Mike. Thanks a lot. Uh, where'd that go? Go back. Uh, Zach Boyle. Zach, you are back. Yeah, yeah, I was actually going to ask about Tanner Lazinski, what you thought of his uh, his play tonight. I mean, what did he get, like seven minutes overall? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he looked fine from what I saw. It's not like he had a ton of shifts. Would like to see him get more of a chance. He was productive for the Phantoms. Uh, good, solid player from everything I've heard about him, from everything I've seen of him. I uh, would just like to see him get some more shifts. We're not going to know about him for – you know, a couple of games at least. It's going to take some time to really figure out what he is. But in terms of a bottom of the lineup guy, you could do a lot worse. I liked what I saw in, you know, the limited time he got. Yeah, he's 23. He's physically mature. He's bigger than an NAK. Not saying that, like, you know, he's going to supersede NAK, but, I mean, he's a bigger version of him, uh, essentially. And I was going to ask, you know, who would you want to see come up as well? As long as, long as they're bringing people up from mm-hmm. – Lehigh Valley, like, I'd like to see Wade Allison, like, give him a shot. He has, like, nine points in seven games or something like that for Lehigh Valley, so. Wade Allison's definitely at the top of the list. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, Ron Hextall basically said, we'd like for Wade Allison to make this team, and he chose to go back to college, which, you know, you can choose to do, but I think he's physically mature enough. I'd love to see him get a shot. I think the, the bottom of the roster I think these guys need pushing. I think there needs to be more competition than what they've seen. You know, they kind of had it last year. They had it at the beginning of this year. But then injuries and the COVID pause and everything kind of uh, kind of led to, I don't know, more stagnation in the lineup. I would love to see guys working in and out, in the, uh, especially just on the fourth line. I would love to see just trying different guys and seeing what works. Last question. Do you think we see Cam York at all? I think that's an end of the season kind of thing. I mean, he just joined the team, uh, or he just joined, you know, he just signed. They want to work him in with the Phantoms. Uh, you never know what could happen with injuries and who leaves at the trade deadline and all that. But I, th- I would love to see Cam York. Like, what the hell? What's the difference at this point? Let me see the new shiny thing over the, you know, whatever the hell else we have. But I, I think if that happens, it's going to be a last last week of the season sort of thing, working guys in whether they have a playoff spot or they're just out of it and they're trying things. I think that's more when we see Cam York. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not comparing him to the guy, but they brought in Kale McCarr literally in the playoffs for his first like legitimate exposure to the NHL. And yeah, he was he was a rookie after he already had like I think six points in ten playoff games, and then Kale McCarr was a rookie. And like Kale McCarr is a Norris level defender at this point, and we'll see what Cam York is. I wouldn't mind it. Trust me. There's no way I think he's like. I like what I'm seeing out of Samuel Moran, but Cam York's probably good enough to play on this team's third pair, but I just think they want to get him some seasoning, and I understand that. Yeah, that's fair enough. Thanks, Bill. All right, you got it. Uh, let's move and go back to the speaker requests. Hunter, you were back on. Hunter, you're live. Yo, what's up? I, I thought I'd come back on just to give you some some stats. I feel like I, I wanted to go in and look at some box scores. So here's where our power play has held us up this season a lot. So I went back six games so far. I don't know if there's more um, that were one goal losses or they scored an empty netter at the end. So yeah, two yeah. Games, uh, but their power play has let us the fuck down. One for five, one for four, oh, for four, oh, for three, oh, for six and oh, for three. That's I understand your power play is not going to be there every night, but that's fucking terrible. I, I don't uh, I don't know. And this is a team that is supposed to score goals. Like, regardless of what of what the other problems are, they're supposed to score. And when you're given that kind of advantage and you are playing, like, these are – they're not playoff games, but you're in a position now where they basically are. Your power play is going to get these opportunities. You can't just choke on them like they have in these – like you said, like these one-goal games, these – you know, obviously an empty netter at the end, but – yeah, these games that come down to one possession, one way or the other. If the if special teams and the penalty kills part of it too, if they're just a little better there, and we can say that about a lot of at like if the goaltending is league average this year with all the other problems, if the goaltending is just league average, this is a playoff team, no doubt. You can say the exact same thing for special teams. If the power play and penalty kill are just good, like not great, not top five, yeah. but just good. This is a playoff team, no doubt. And they've absolutely, uh, power play and penalty kill, let them down this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, Taryn said it best during the intermission when she was like, it looks like more of a disadvantage than an advantage. It's, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like he struggled the power play lines more. Um, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how um, they, they fix that. Um, I, I really feel like most of our, well, actually, all of those goals that I, I said where we went one for five, one for four, um, a couple of them, but they they were all scored by the first power play unit. I mean, I don't know. They just don't the, – the second power play unit doesn't seem as uh, lethal. I mean, well, fuck, none of them seem lethal, so yeah, I yeah. can't even say that. But, but no, the, the, we used to complain. Like, there was one year um, they literally scored, I think, two power play goals with the entire second unit, like, on the ice. Like, it would be, okay, yeah, someone on the second unit got it, but Drew had an assist. There was one year where they had two goals where all five guys from the second unit were on the ice, and we were like, oh, they just had a little bit of depth. But I do think if they were to define the two units a little bit better and just be like, yeah, we're going to load up the top one and give them – 70 90 seconds rather than splitting it and sometimes Giroux isn't going to start and all that I I think if it was a little more defined and a little more top heavy that would help but they've just they haven't come through either way 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think they're using that slot as a spot on the power play anymore. It's just uh, behind the net, um, you know, out to out to the point, and it's just a lot of back. It's just honestly, it's so. When the power play happens, I don't even care. It it's so fucking boring to watch. Like they, no, it's not even like I gotta go get a beer. I gotta go take a piss. Hold on, let me watch this power play. It's like <laughs> yeah, ah, yeah. When, when I come back, there'll be thirty seconds left, and nothing will have happened. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it, it's very much that way. And uh, thanks a lot, Hunter. Um, it, it's I, I thought they were gonna start utilizing the slot more. Really, that that bumper position that we've seen Scott Hartnell have such success in, uh, Braden Shen after that, Sean Couturier. I thought once uh, once Farabee started to break out, like okay, here's a lefty who can shoot. We can put him in this bumper spot, and it'll really solidify that top unit. I think they just need to go top heavy on the top power play unit and just give them the 90 seconds and say, whatever happens, happens. Um, you want to get Couturier more shifts. So maybe if he's that fifth guy on that unit, maybe you use him down low or something. Um, they like to have a righty in terms of handedness down low on with the Giroux unit. So it's tough to do, but I just think with Giroux, Couture, uh, with Giroux, Farabee, uh, Farabee in the bumper, Ghost at the top, Voracek on the opposite side of Giroux, and then whoever down low and just give them 90 seconds. Shit, they'd be better than what we've been seeing. All right, do we have any more speaker requests? Listen, guys, it's Saturday night. Uh, I don't want to do this a whole lot longer. So if you have a speaker request, get it in now. Otherwise, I am going to wrap this thing up pretty shortly. Uh, Have anybody else? Okay, I uh, exited the room. I'm back. Speaker requests. All right, Nikki Hall. Nikki, how's it going? You are live. What is up, Bill? How are you? How are you? I'm well. Doing all right, doing all right. Hey, listen, I'm going to be honest. That was a solid game. It was. I, no, if, I, if we hadn't been through what we've been through the last month, I could give them, okay, nice, solid game. You'll win this one. If they play this thing ten times, you probably win six, seven of them. But they've played themselves out of that benefit of the doubt area, you know? And I can understand that. But then it's it's just like, you know, you look at this past month plus, you know, where we where we were when we started the season to where we are now. And you're kind of just there's these instances where you kind of just you're just like you're sitting there scratching your head like this isn't the same team that I saw the other night. Like much, much different, much Maybe not necessarily improve, but, you know, Hart definitely looked solid. Like, I feel like... No, he was like... I know... When people took shots on him, he was facing the right direction. He looked a lot better. But I think we should bench him more often (laughs) when he gets in the slumps. Um, No, I think, think like, the rest that they gave him and the rest that they gave Lindblom and they gave Patrick... Like, they should have been doing that shit a month ago when they realized what was happening. It took too long to come to these conclusions. Yeah, and honestly, you know, Patrick has been, like, especially Limblom and and Patrick. Like, you know, Limblom has legit been, like, honestly, I was, for the longest time, when they had first announced Limblom had, like, been diagnosed with cancer, I, like, legit, a part of me died. (laughs) No joke. But then they he, he passes the treatments. He comes back. When was it? It was when we were, when we were in the bubble. Yeah, it was late when, August, I guess. Probably. Granted, we didn't really last that long in the playoffs. Of course, against the same Islanders. Go figure. Uh, 
But, you know, he's back playing this season. He's doing well for the most part until as of recently. It's just like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that it's an excuse per se, but it's just like, you know, it's it's some of these guys, and it's I want to I have to say that, you know, the, the power play unit, the, the power play itself really needs work. Like, oh, yeah, I don't understand. This is the one thing I will never understand. How do we have a solid penalty kill? but a terrible power play or vice versa. Why would we, how do we have a solid power play, but a terrible penalty kill? Why can't we find the balance? Is, is there like a reason or it? It seems like whenever this team really focuses on one thing, they're Mm -hmm. able to do it. Like the defense has been putrid all season and they realize that and they're able to every now and then come in and put up these efforts where it's like, yeah, we gave up 18 shots like right. shit like that. And it's like, why, if you're capable of doing this, how come it's not a regular thing? Right, um, right. Yeah. It's, and that's what's so frustrating about this team in terms of what you're saying about like Patrick and Limblom and kind of, we should have expected more of this and like young guys struggling this year and just how mm-hmm. fucked up this season is. Right. Like it's it sucks. Like everything is screwed up here and we could just write it off to yeah, screwed up year. I, I believe in the makeup of the roster. Let's just see what happens when they have a training camp, when they have regular practices and they're not playing in this crazy scenario that is mm-hmm. 2020, 2021. And I'd be willing to accept that if not for what we've gone through leading up to this. Like, they're supposed to be good now. We put up with them sucking. And now is when they're supposed to be good. And we just get more excuses. And they're valid excuses. Like, shit Mm. is terrible. It, it, It makes sense to me that certain young players are struggling, whether they're coming back from, you know, life altering shit like Patrick and Lindblom, or they're just living in the real world and it sucks. I'd be willing to accept these excuses and they make sense, but God damn it. I just had to go through seven years of the flyers being irrelevant. Oh, trust me. I, I understand wholeheartedly. Like I didn't start fully following this team until I want to say, I want to say, when was it freshman year of high school? That was 2010. I want to say the 29, 2010 season. And it's just, you know, I get it. I, you know, being there on the, being right there in the finals and, and not, and I'm sorry to rehash old runes here, but it's like being there in the finals and losing game six in, uh, in our own building to the Blackhawks, just being right there. It's just, it, it, it was a real, it was a real gut punch. I'm not going to lie. And they just had like a young, a young enough core that you were like, they'll get back. We'll be doing this again. And they haven't come close, you know, and it's crazy. And it, it's actually interesting because I was listening to, I'm trying to remember the name of the broadcast, but they were talking about, they were thinking, or not think they were thinking, they were saying how like the, um, how they were think how they were saying, if, you know, say the season ends and we don't qualify for postseason for whatever reason, which I mean, it could be, it's a possibility. I'm not oh, saying it's, that it, it's likely not, at this point, it, it I'm trying to think positive here. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, with a lot of the young guys, it's like, you know, they, especially with like what's going on. In the, I think they mentioned it was like what was going on in the world today with, you know, all COVID going on. Like they can't really go out and like, you know, kind of like reassert themselves to like be like, okay, there's something I have to work on my game plan. But they can't really like 
you follow what I mean? Like it's different yeah. from like the single guys as opposed to the guys that are like, you know, engaged or married and kind of can go home to family and be like, all right, you know, that was a tough game. You know, here's what we need to fix. It's done, but it's like, it's, it's, it. and I think there's, I think there's a disconnect between like, like Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim, these guys can just go, yeah, it's a shit year. What can you do? I'll be better mm-hmm. next year. And, you know, it's true for them. They have their whole careers in front of them. Guys right, like right. Claude Giroux, like how many of these seasons where they're uh, legitimate difference makers? Claude Giroux is the difference in one point or zero points tonight, you know? Right. He's, he's a guy who still affects every game he plays in. How many more years does he have of that in him where he can just be like, Oh, yeah, another shit year. Like, I think there's a real disconnect there between the guys who've been through this and are trying to break out of it and the young guys who are like, man, I, this year sucks. We got plenty more in front of us. Right. But I feel like after a point, it's like, how many more times do you have to hear that? It's like, where you're, until it's like, okay, when is that year? Is it this year? Yeah. yeah is it I next would, year? I would love is it to. The year know. after that? Like, I, you get tired of hearing that. It, it, I mean, okay, granted, this team's not going to be perfect in any way, shape, or form. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the, the the problems that we have right now, I think, can require a simple fix. But at the same time, are the players willing to adjust to that or willing to, you know, be able to make that adjustment in order to, to uh, you know, progress and move past, you know, the – I hope I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. No, guys. I got you, and thanks a lot, Nikki. I appreciate it. Like I, I've said all year, like so many of this team's issues, I feel like are fixable internally. Now, I, you know, watching this team, they need more good players. Absolutely, they need another top end player or two to really finish this thing off. But I, I've thought so much of it is internally fixable because it's like attitudinal. I, I just need them to be meaner. I need them to – uh, we talked about it on a, a post game or two ago. They need to hate losing more. And I thought that that was um, something that could come internally. But I, the more I watch this team, the more I think uh, – the more I think it's going to come from – It's it's got to come from the outside. All right, Zach. Zach, you are back live. Yeah, I had I had just one quick last comment. To throw some positivity into this entire shitstorm of a season – Sam Morin didn't move an inch when uh, Johnson tried to fight him. He took a body shot and then returned it with a haymaker over the top. That and body that shot he absorbed and then just threw a goddamn knockout throw. That was awesome. That, that was, was that was legitimately cool. I was like, oh shit, I love you, Sam. He didn't move an inch. No, like, he, didn't even, he didn't even like like ooh, that kind of that kind of stung. He just took it and was like, all right, cool. Like I, you just open like like a professional boxer, like Joe Frazier, like being like, oh, here's the sweet spot. Like you, you cover. I'm going under. Like it, it, it was, it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in maybe about twelve years of watching fly. Oh, one hundred percent. And thanks a lot, Zach. I'm glad you brought that up because that is something positive we can, uh, we can go out on here. And I'm gonna wrap it up after this. Man, say what you will about Samuel Moran and Broad Street Hockey, myself, my co-hosts, all of the writers. We've spent plenty of words saying how we just don't think Samuel Moran is it. At this point, especially, he has a locked-in spot on my bottom uh, on my bottom defensive pair because at least he'll do it. 
at least there's some sort of physical presence, a guy who will take on, whether it's Ross Johnston, regardless, like whoever, it's someone who will mix it up and can have a fight like that. I know the game is beyond that, but Samuel Moran, to me, at least for this year with this group of defensemen, sure, show me a group of six defensemen better, he can get bumped. But as of now, the physical presence he brings, uh, the attitude he brings to the ice, Samuel Moran can play for me. Uh, all day and we are gonna we're gonna leave it there thank you all so much for joining thanks for hanging out if you haven't already just hit that subscribe button search broad street hockey wherever there are podcasts click subscribe and boom content daily so much shit i can't even keep track of it all we just have a lot for you trust me it's worth the uh, free subscription just hit subscribe and then hey maybe you maybe you leave us a five-star review say something nice that'd be cool too uh but that's it uh, i'll be back after the next game what a disappointing season. Just, ugh. I want to leave it off on positive. So great fight tonight, Big Sammy. Keep up the good work. Uh, to everyone listening, have a great week, everybody.